I saw in, I saw in Good Morning America this morning. Well, this is your segue, right? They had this clip about some some uh, teenage girl who just got chomped up by a shark off of uh, the Carolina coast. <laughs> That's my half sister. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to say. Well, you're supposed the, to say is. <laughs> your stepdad's daughter, and I say no. She got ate by. Sh-. Well, see, I immediately knew what the joke was. <laughs> <laughs> the Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies James and Brando. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great Time Podcast with your host. Old Jamesy. And don't forget that guy over there. The guy with the uh, older Brando. Older Brando. Yeah. Hey, um You uh So we were uh, my we, sister got bit by a shark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh I, th- I think it's uh, it's time we pull out the old chef's hats again. The old chef for disaster lasagna esque. Little, little catastrophe cake time again. Nice. Well, it is the Fourth of July coming up. Disaster lasagna. Although disaster well, we lasagna. Got, we got this. Um, I got this story from Scuba Diving Magazine again. What about catastrophe cheeseburger? It's not it's the hard time. It's not the hard seat though. Summer barbecue survival. There you go. Little summer survival. That's what we need out there. So scuba diving has a article that came through my feed, stared me in the face because it was about catastrophes. Again, I said, oh, yes, this no. is a sign. If I was, word I was keeps kinda, popping up I was in your hungry life. for a little catastrophe cake. And then this just jumped <laughs> right into, into my feed. It's like it's Facebook's reading my thoughts or something. That too. Yeah. I was just going to say that it's the universe, you know, talking to you. It's a synchronicity. But yeah, it could be Facebook is watching you. <laughs> could be. The computers would never listen or watch. They would never do that. You're crazy. Wait, uh, there's this, there's there's a story coming up on my feed right now. It says we're not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an Alexa? You have an Alexa at all? No, I don't. I don't ask have Alexa. Demon, I don't have that demon beast. Ask Alexa. Technology. We have we have it at our house. Ask Alexa. Hey, is the uh, NSA watching us, Alexa? And what does and she, she say? Made, there's, uh, she has a funny response. You don't there, need right? to know this answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who is the NSA? No, we're not watching you. Please talk louder. <laughs> so this is from earlier this year, January 20th of 2019. Survive any dive catastrophe. And now that summertime diving is in swing, this article is uh, perfectly timed for us. It was a little early for the rest of the world coming out in January, but now that we're bringing it out to the world right in the it's middle perfect. of summer, perfect timing. Boom. Way to go, Great Dive Podcast, riding the wave of another man's work. <laughs> they do the work. We time it right. <laughs> we and, just read. And bring it to the people with, with the with the comments and the humor that they that they want. We translate it, basically, to a, to a version that's entertaining, delightful, charming. 
charismatic. Oh, I remember what I wanted to talk about. Okay. So I want to give a thank you to everybody that participated in the PFOG post that I put on scuba diving. I didn't get to see it. Dude, it was hilarious. It was up and down like before I could get to my, even look at it on my phone. I did go to Facebook and try to find that that group. By the time I got there, nothing. Well, I I, I took, <laughs> I, I bought a bottle of lemon lime Gatorade. Right. right. <laughs> so I took like a big mouthful, kind of like swished it around my mouth so it'd get a little yeah. frothy and, and bubbly and spit it into my mask and held it by my pee valve. Took that picture. Right? <laughs> and then right as I was leaving the quarry, I posted it. Yeah. You know, got got done for the day, so I'm driving home. Get up to get some gas about a half hour just uh, just south of the Michigan border. While the while the gas is pumping, I flip my phone on and there's like thirty messages already. And, nice. and a bunch of bunch nice. of like yeah. laughing face, you know, emoji <laughs> things. Did anybody fall for it? It's like, oh, well, oh that sounds yes. like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Chemically well, speaking, as a chemist, it's uh, absolutely uh, feasible that this is a great alternative to defog and spit. <laughs> and it's sterile. A lot of people, there was a couple of guys that were like, dude, you need to get hydrated. Because <laughs> it was just so obnoxiously yellow. yellow. golden. I took my vitamin B. <laughs> a lot of like, oh my God, I'm disgusting. On, I'm on prenatals. But a lot, of Prenatal people, a lot of people had heard... Clearly heard the episode because they, they yeah. threw a couple one-liners yeah. in there, okay. you know, from the show, yeah. and then a lot of names that I recognized of, of mm-hmm. listeners and, and supporters of the show. I get home and, and I'm, I'm on the couch, just cracking up, waiting for <laughs> my wife to get home because she was out running some errands. So I'm just sitting there laughing my ass off. That's where I messaged you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you got to check this out. Go back, it's gone. Yeah, there's a buzzkill. A buzzkill moderator there. Yeah, that took it down. Yeah, they're everywhere, man. Dude, what's up with that? If you want I mean, toilet humor, toilet you can humor. go to another forum where they, they yes. specialize in toilet humor. She sent a message calling it toilet humor. Hmm. That was after one of our other sponsors, Kevin, like put up a <laughs> I stand with TGDP. <laughs> P-E-E. Yeah. You know, she took that one down, too. We'll see who wins this war, us or I her. Think, I think... I think it would be a good idea that every time you're on scuba diving forum yeah, on Facebook there, when you're in that little scuba diving group, that when you're reading through, I think a little question, asking a little question about the validity of PFOG might be a, might be a nice little way. Because if, if there's a, one little comment in every post that goes up on that group, which is going to take down every single why should one person have this much censorship power? Shouldn't she have to go through, like, hey, a couple of the moderators have to go to each other and go, listen, do we have there a vote on a this? Vote. And that's my thing. I mean, that, that, that thing had a ton I know. of response. And it, w- and it was funny. And that's my whole thing. Nobody, who's getting offended? Obviously, she's the only one who, who won't talk about urine. Uh, regardless, I get, I mean, to a certain extent, I get it, but you should let people have their. It's not hurting anyone. We're not degrading anyone. But let's... Uh, no, and even if somebody was... Should we... Even if somebody did look at that and go, I'm going to try it. We learned, we, from, la- we learned from the last episode hurt. that it's sterile. It's sterile. They're not going to get hurt. They're, they might be a little, you know... They might, get, they might hurt their ego. Step back. back. <laughs> it gives some material for future making fun of. 
with this digital world we live in, the land of the free is full of a million little... Uh, 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 these little people. A little... Uh, full of a million little dictatorships now yeah, with all these little groups. This person must not have very much power in their lives, so they take it. They take know, it. I yeah. will be a moderator. Big fucking... You know how many <laughs> moderators I've met? Hey, let's talk about some catastrophes. Survival. Talk about some survival. We learned last week that uh, with an open chest wound out in the field, you could piss in it and it'd clean it up. It's that's not, some survival you should know about. Yeah, that's that's like the last ditch <laughs> effort you would do. I, I, the fact that that was mentioned, wait, wait, wait. and me as a medic, I know about open chest wound. The the like, yeah, I'm going to pee in your chest is. It, and you're dying. It's like your buddy. I gotta piss on. Wait, 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 wait. Before you put him in the. Wait, wait. Before you put him in the ambulance. This, I got this. Uh, normal saline. Sterile. No, 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 no. Before you put He's him in the pee. ambulance, hang on a second. I gotta piss on him. <laughs> I gotta piss on him. It's the only way he'll live. It's natural to think that accidents always happen to other divers. Those statistical John and Jane does who court disaster by idiotically violating every rule in the book. <laughs> And it's true. <laughs> they take most of the heat. But even the most experienced and responsible divers aren't immune to bad rolls of the dice. How bad? Imagine getting tangled in one of the following 10 situations, each of which is guaranteed to scare the bejesus out of you. We'll start by saying the unwritten first rule of each dilemma is to remain calm and avoid panicking as you assess your nasty predicament. So they give us 10 extreme catastrophes that could occur to us while we're diving. Out of nowhere, things happen. Some of them. Some of them are self-inflicted in ways. Isn't actually everything, I mean, it's like the old saying, we all actually kill ourselves. Everything's kind of self -inflicted. Ever since the day you were born, you're slowly dying. So, yes. Well, life is a sexually transmitted disease that is 100% fatal. Yes, Just it is. Just remember that. Keep that in mind every day. Surviving extreme weather is the first one they give us. It happens. You surface to find the perfect storm or raging. Now, have you ever been, have you ever had that happen? You're being pummeled by <laughs> 10-foot swells. And the dive boat is nowhere in sight. Oh, well, I've been on the boat. I've been on the boat. I've in made the, it back the... onto the boat, but it's like you went down, it was beautiful. And you come up, it's not so beautiful. Right. Well, we had that in we've Munising. Been, been in there, Munising uh, was a little bit times. like that. But I had yeah, a, out in, off Milwaukee, we went out for a dive. We did our dive, and then there was a group of breather divers that wanted to do a dive that was further out. And we were like, and nobody told us. We were going to do this dive, and it's deeper, and we didn't we didn't have the gas or anything, so we weren't even going to be diving, but these guys wanted to do the dive, and they were friends with the captain, so we went further out. Hope you brought a lunch. I mean, it wasn't a little bit further out either. Went out. While they're down there, the seas got angry, my friend. Miserable. Very angry. And this is not a huge boat by any means. They came back up finally, and they were having a rough time getting back on. We got them back on and started heading in. This was not a uh, what would should have been like hour-ish back in turned to well more than an hour, w double that, and then some. 
yeah, and yeah. it wasn't a, like a fun hour. You're like, oh, yeah, just on the boat getting your ass. Yeah, you, you can't go that. You can't now go imagine, there. Now imagine, imagine. So sometimes it's not. Imagine you came up in those conditions though. You came yeah. to the surface. Yeah, try to get back on the and boat. And there's no boat. This goes into the you know being physically fit to a certain degree, especially if you got twins on and whatnot. Getting back on that boat is not an easy task. You know, no, it's, it's going to be an ass a, kicker. Yeah, rock and rolling. You know, when you're uh, when you're floating at the surface, and the, the <laughs> you ladder, see the boat? you don't see the boat. <laughs> yeah. you see the and boat. Then, then when you get near the boat, like, yeah. and you got to grab that ladder, that oh yeah, you got to time it, yeah, up, and yeah. the ladder's completely out of the water. Right. One second, and then the next edge of that swell, the the whole back of the boat is right. a foot underwater, and you got to grab time it. Time getting on that son of a well, bitch. and then if you don't time it right, or you don't get your fin in it, it's just your arm. You get yanked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, ah, hanging on with twins, and <laughs> your feet are dangling. And it's heavy. Twins are heavy, man. So it's like having, you know, a hundred and some odd pound guy hanging off your back, and you're you're hanging on with a hood and mask. It's not fun. But if you can time it right, it's kind of it's kind of a cool little skill. If you, you get down, it goes down. You can get your fin and your hand on it, and then it shoots you up. Listen, if if you get the momentum if, uh, going, you can... if you don't get a ladder and a thirty foot boat smashing you in the face, <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of fun. I'm curious about I mean, six inches the other way, and it's not fun at all. No, I'm curious about the accident statistics right there. You know, of the boat whacking people. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, whether it be your valve, your reg, your head, your face, your mask, all that stuff that's right well, uh, there. We'll have to look into that because the yeah. the new Dan report just came up. Last the goddamn week. report. Got a new goddamn report came out last week. February 2014, seven Japanese scuba divers entered the water in good conditions and surfaced to a raging storm that had turned the ocean into a violent kamikaze whirlpool. <laughs> the samurai of... No, we better just stop right there. We better stop right there. The five women who survived were found three days later. 12 miles from where they disappeared, clinging to a rocky reef. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say, like, at a resort with a daiquiri in her hand, <laughs> a pina colonics. Now, how Living do you... it up. <laughs> yeah, that storm was the best thing that could have ever happened yeah. to me. How do you, uh, so how do you survive a situation like that? Well, first thing you got to do is pee. You got to have something to do with pee. <laughs> <No>? Right. <laughs> It's probably because they couldn't see, because they didn't use pee fog. Yeah. Well, they give us four tips. Stay calm. Inflate your BCD. Stay calm is the first one in all of them. Remember no, I'm going to swim for three days. <laughs> <laughs> Inflate your BCD. You're going to need every ounce of energy to stay warm. Yeah, I think... And interesting, uh, interesting enough, they, they do mention that... Um, Treading water to stay afloat increases your cooling rate by 35%. Because of the uh, convection of the water to your legs. And yeah, working yeah, working and moving. Yeah, I would so imagine by also... By inflating your yeah. BCD and getting into the help position. You know, the help position. The help position. I don't you know, know what that position is. The, the survival... I've got a lot of dirty thoughts going on right now with my, <laughs> my significant other. Heat escape lessening posture. Who makes this shit up? 
Because this isn't like, oh, there's. I know there's got to be like a safety committee, you know, yeah. fucking people and rescue. That's great. Let's teach this, and we need a good acronym. Where you, you know, you, you tuck, now this you, you acronym, tuck your, you tuck yeah. your legs up against you, you wrap your arms so you minimize heat loss. That's called fetal. Get in your fetal, I'm going to die position. <laughs> I want to cry and get in a corner position. That's the, isn't that like the millennials position of choice? <laughs> I like to get a jab in at millennials, of course. They mentioned that survival time is almost unlimited in 80 degree Caribbean waters while it's only about one or two hours in water colder than 50 degrees. Do they have any like new information on here? Well, if it's cold water, you don't got as much time as warm Signal water. Signal for help. <laughs> now, let me ask you, you this. You are carrying a safety sausage, aren't you? Oh, I always have a safety sausage. Uh, <laughs> so I, that's our little game. It's like, honey, we got to deploy the safety sausage. <laughs> it's got to be orally inflated. <laughs> And the show goes downhill. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I, my, I'm, I wondering, guess, I'm wondering I if I'm going to be able to survive this, <laughs> this catastrophe. Don't get that moderator on here because she will she will chop the yes. show to ribbons. Um, I have a question for you. Knowing like like they just said, they stated the hours you you should be able to live in the different regions, uh, environments. My question to you, is that beneficial or detrimental? Because if you don't know, like, if you're in that water and it's cold and you've, you remember this article on the Great Dive Podcast going, you have three to five hours to live here. At, at five hours, you're like, I'm fucking dead. And you just quit and die. Versus, I didn't know I only had three up. to five hours because I lived for I nine and a half. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I think the power of the mind and confidence and sometimes not knowing these silly scientific quote unquote statistics uh, can be beneficial. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Great Time Podcast, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next week. We don't want to give you any more <laughs> bullshit da- scientific data. Um, using a mirror or a shining object like your mask or a dive computer face, you could use uh, to reflect a little uh, a little signal up to 40 miles away, they mentioned. Yes. If you got a reflectorized mask, it works. But yeah. I, I I used to carry it. I don't carry it anymore. I had one in my wet notes. And it's just a little... Yeah, and a you little you saw them at yeah, the dive yeah, shop, yeah, yeah. don't you? Yeah, little mirrors. Yeah. Yeah. For for open water, you know, big o- big open water diving, it's not a it's not no, a bad decision no. to have. You know, a giant like, safety sausage. Uh, now, now cl- I got that. Now little... dangling off your BCD, reflecting <laughs> no. at, at everything and everybody attracts the barracuda. Ridiculous. <laughs> but other good things to have. Not that uh, I have that little dive dive alert siren deal. You're not yeah. siren, but you know, you plug it into your low pressure inflator. Yes, and I carry that on a little bolt snap in my pocket. Yeah. I don't keep it hooked up all the time. Right, right. Because when I need it, I'll bring it out. But anyway, it's like a snorkel. Great. Put it in your pocket. How often do you use it? But when you need it, it's nice Listen, to have, I guess. If you are wearing regular, it, if you are regularly using your dive alert, <laughs> you we need to have a talk. You need to go back to scuba one oh one because you you're doing something wrong. Yeah. What about this one? Running out of air with no backup. Hmm. How could that be avoided? That's just unavoidable. Unavoidable. It's an unavoidable emergency. It's going to happen to everyone. You're on the deepest dive of your life. 
pushing the limits of recreational diving at 130 feet. feet. (laughs) 32 and a half feet. And suddenly, you're sucking on a vacuum. Oh, yeah. And your backup's missing. Maybe. So is your buddy. Darwin. It's time for an emergency ascent, but it's a long way up. Now what? I better prepare for that. How could I prepare for that, James? Well, you just got to follow the rule that the dive master said. Be on the boat with 500 PSI. <laughs> this would have never this happened. This never happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my computer said <laughs> I could stay down longer. <laughs> it wasn't beeping at me. So they give us a couple things to do. And I, I think you and I will keep coming back to the planning. Mm. The plan. We'll, we'll read through these, but we'll come back to What it. is that? The six P's or something? Proper planning prevents piss poor That's it. That's why it's six. Yeah. I used to be five, and then we had to, the TGDP had to get a hold of it, and we made it the six. Well, that's the way I learned it. And it's it. piss piss poor performance. performance. That's the way I learned it back in 92. Back in yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty good, because I don't think I heard it till like, 93. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember when I heard that. A guy, uh, a guy went up to Tobomori with back in... Back in, uh, it was, I think it was 90, 92. No, that he was, student, that, the one who you had to dive from hell with? No, this was a different this was guy. A different, different, different guy, different trip, time. different, okay. This guy was, this was uh, he was another dive. He was, a, he was an old Marine Corps guy, got out and had a bunch yeah, of his buddies. Yeah, that sounds like a military with, with, yes, acronym. Yeah. That's the way I learned it, piss poor performance. I was trying to tell my kids about the military. We have acronyms for everything. We, like, live on acronyms. But they're good acronyms. They're not, like, he was trying to make some up. I'm like, that, that's a dumbass acronym. And that would, that would fly for, like, two seconds. Something to go. You got to reset. Grab your shampoo, boys, and... Wash your hair. W. Water. <laughs> a. Aggregate. S. Form. Shampoo. It's H. Hair. It's almost as good as that help position. <laughs> Drop everything you're carrying. That means ditching your weights, of course, and anything else except your tank. That's holding you down. Leave any handheld tools behind, and that includes your expensive camera. You really don't want this recorded anyway. Might argue that. Yeah, like I don't know if like taking the so he, I don't know he, if taking the time to go through inventory of what you have and what you should drop is necessarily. This if you can clip clip the fucking thing off and you're good. This drives me crazy because here here's the thing. I've got like, you know, ten grand invested in that thing. Oh my god, you come up, you can't see the boat. You're like, oh my god, you just start throwing shit in the water. The boat pulls up. You're like, <laughs> Son of a bitch. bitch. And and then you're thinking, hey, I dropped all my stuff. And they're like, hey, dumbass, what the fuck was that? Why would you do that? You're in 400 feet of water now. You do realize it. (laughs) Drop all your shit. Come on, man. I can see if you're holding on to like, I was recovering. You know, I'm trying to steal something off the shit. I found a cool. Yeah, and you're carrying it the whole time. And you've held on to it for like six hours, and well, you're like, we're not getting picked up. I Drop wonder, the fucking I wonder why I ran out of air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, had nothing to do with anchor. it. It was a 40-pound anchor. <laughs> I inflated my BCD. I wasn't moving. Exhale during your ascent. Okay. Wonder if they have, that's new information. <laughs> As you ascend and external pressure drops, your tank may provide another breath or two. Use your oral inflator to fill your BCD at the surface. Signal for help 
with the universally recognized distress signal, a hand waved above the head. Hey, everybody! <laughs> it's universally recognized distress signal. Once out of the water, monitor yourself for signs of decompression sickness. Remember, it could take more than six hours for them to become apparent. So they're saying that if, if you find yourself in this situation, yeah. these are the things you should be thinking of. Running out of air with no backup, what they're saying. But, you know, you and I... In the past 115 shows, I think we've we've <laughs> beat that one kind of uh, mentioned on more than one occasion that running out of air doesn't just catastrophically happen. No. There's a there's a series of events that that lead to that. I'm curious. There's a series of events of your awareness breakdown that leads a series to that, of say, unfortunate right? events. Whereas the the first one, surviving extreme weather, right? You could see you could unintentionally get yourself into that situation. Right, even if because you do the weather, best planning. Right. Right. Weather's weather. Weather's weather can change in a dime. You can look at the forecast like as you should and it A, it's gonna be great. Living here in Michigan, you know, yeah. you know what kind of confidence I put in our weather people? I have I have more confidence in like my five year old kid doing what I asked him to do. <laughs> when, you know Yes, because weather is weather but running out of air with no backup is not no. just running out of air right. with yeah. no backup. I'm curious, has it ever happened like, oh, the bottom of a tank blew out and all of a sudden you have no air, right? Even even if your O-ring blows, you got you have a lot of time. I mean, you re- even if you're everybody thinks you're, you know, the leak out of your pressure gauge, sure. even that's be, even and to be a longer at the deep, on the deepest dive of your life. Right. At the deepest part of the deepest dive of your life to run out of air. I don't know if it's even possible. Means yeah. that you probably shouldn't have been there. You did a lot of there's a lot of things that happened well before that. Correct. Not just to, one to or two. To get you to running out of air at the deepest part of your dive. Right. On the deepest dive you've ever done, right? You have a breakdown of awareness to oh, put yourself in that God. position, to, to say the least. To say the least, you have a, it's coupled with a uh, an over exaggeration or an overestimation of your skill level and or abilities, and it, and probably an over trust of your equipment. Yeah, which leads us to number three: getting disoriented when your computer conks out. Disoriented when your computer conks out. You're not sure how deep you are, how long you've been down, or how to plan your safety stop. If only there was somebody with you. That you're you're flying blind. <laughs> and your pressure gauge broke on your last trip. Now what? You need to take up knitting or something that <laughs> is fucking not as... The, the consequences of being a dumbass are not as critical. They're, they're not as harsh. Like you accidentally stick yourself with a knitting needle. Bad. Although I can see those not two point, pointy objects to somebody that this that's doing this. Probably not. Not a good thing. idea either. Crocheting. It's a little curved hook and it's yarn. Well, let's let's give them a benefit of the doubt. They they go through a couple of things. Let's see. Let's you know what, see what they should they do? They should become a moderator in a scuba uh, page. Scuba diving <laughs> <laughs> they can they can talk about diving, but please don't get in the water. Stop immediately and get your bearings. If you've been checking your depth regularly, you should have a rough idea of how deep you are. And if you're near the bottom, you should know the maximum depth of your dot. Where's your partner? But, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> don't, don't go right to making sense. 
They don't even mention it. It's like two. Oh, get your buddy's attention. Standard rules apply. That means no partners. You're by yourself. Get your buddy's attention. Signal that something's wrong with the waggle of your hand. Waggle. Then signal an ascent. Is waggle another acronym? <laughs> waggle. Waving agilely. <laughs> Waving agitatedly. Gaily. With the girly <laughs> gaggle <laughs> of your last. Uh, girly gaggle of your last existence. <laughs> um, so they then say to begin a controlled ascent. There should be no need for an emergency ascent. Hopefully, you're monitoring your air remaining, so you should have a good idea of how much air is left in your tank. Make a safety stop at 15 feet. The longer you stay here, the better, especially if you are nearing required decompression. So, yeah, your computer your computer dies out on you. It could happen. It has happened. I've, I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there before. They're but electronics. Why, they shit the bed. That's yeah. what they do. But that's why you, I mean, it's one of many reasons why you dive with a teammate in the water. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if you and I are neutrally buoyant right next to each other and your gauge says 100 feet, guess how deep I am? <laughs> well, hopefully you're, you're, you're 101 or 99, but that's the whole thing. It's, and this would be a dive ender, right? You, you yeah. go through like two, ma- two minors and a major. Th- those are dive enders. Like two minor things go wrong. This to me is a major. Like okay, yeah, well, this is a yeah something one serious. We can't track anymore. Tracking a, a piece of a tracking equipment. Yeah, I'm not going to push the dive further right. after a We're failure gonna, like this. Dives over. Dives Let's over. Go back. We're heading up. Whatever it happens, but it's a non-event in the same sense, right? Right. Uh, th- these things happen. So this isn't nearly as big of an issue as the running out of air or the the extreme weather. No. Right. And but this is on par with the running out of air in that with good dive planning and good teamwork in the Doesn't water, it, it is a non-issue. Yeah, it's very rare that anything like that happens. It would, it would take an right. anomaly because you, to make because it a, Because a good dive team gets into the water with the assumption of... Something's going down. Something's going down yeah. on the dive, right? I, I could lose my computer. I that's could lose my gas. That's why yeah. we plan the dive in the way that we do, and that's why we keep a formation the way right. we keep with the, the assumption that this could... And occur. We we dive with the idea of we are always in a three man team, and what I mean by that is James, myself, and then there's Murphy, old fucking Murphy, who's bad luck Murphy. Murphy's law is something's going to go wrong, and when it does, it will happen at the most inopportune moment. So you need to have that in your mind, or at least have trained and prepared for it. And then you know when nothing goes wrong, it's like it usually doesn't. Nothing yeah. usually happens. We're happy. And if it does, you're golden. You've heard the grim tales of divers who hyperventilate, overbreathe their regulators and spit them out, and then drown with a thousand PSI left in their tank? Well, today, that out of control diver is your very own buddy. That's not, he's not my buddy. <laughs> I don't know. He might be no, he's that buddy. guy's buddy, but he ain't my buddy. I don't think he's your buddy, Jamesy. And you're getting a crash course in the psychology of panic, which is far more common and potentially dangerous than equipment failure. Now what? So number four is saving yourself from a panicked buddy. I can understand. I mean, you, panic can hit anyone. Right. Even, you know, yeah, even I mean, the well-trained even a, even person. Even a really well-trained diver, yeah. something could go wrong, and it could, it could 
stir it up. No doubt about it. Yeah. Overbreathing your regulator, though, is something that should not go wrong with a well-trained, intelligent individual. Well, this is the classic, what you were getting to in the last one, the the, the running out of air, but you're not running out of air. You're not running out of air. And that has to do with density of gas. You can't get your breath. The CO2 buildup makes you want to breathe even more. And it's a vicious cycle. And that's where the overbreathing, the regulator comes in. This is what we, like I say, that to me is a higher risk, you know, a higher uh, probability and a higher risk of diving deep air and shit like that. That is like your, your real risk with deep air. Dense gas, CO2 buildup. So dealing with that panicked buddy, right. you know, whether it comes from that or just them being out of their comfort zone, doing a dive beyond where they should be, something that gets them to panic. panic I mean, right? I've, I've been there with, with, with students, buddies. especially. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You have to take over. You, and got, you yes. have to show them, you have to give them the confidence that you've got no this whole dive. Yeah, yeah. You grab them, you're not wishy washy about it, you're not waggly or whatever the fuck they called it. Um, you're looking them in the face. Your eyes have to convey everything's cool. Just chill the fuck out. Uh, everybody be cool everybody be cool we're all gonna be little fonzies here (laughs) (laughs) yeah no doubt about it right Uh, so but and and they do a good job mentioning that you got to approach cautiously when you see your buddies in trouble use hand signals to determine his state of mind (laughs) what about the waggly hey are you okay okay? (laughs) i'm okay are you okay are you okay okay? (laughs) we're okay how about the waggle how about the hand waggle? Can I use that? Is he signaling that he's out of air or is he flailing dangerously? Is he in the help position? Don't let <laughs> don't let a desperate buddy grab your regulator or endanger you both. Hold on to your buddy's BCD. This way you can keep him at arm's length and prevent him from drifting away. Yeah, you have to use your own brain too. Yeah, you, you're, not- do you do you confront him from the front, giving him gas, trying to make him establish, you know, that communication with your eyes and uh, the confidence? Or do you get behind him and just take full control? If he's if he's nuts or she's nuts, grabbing your shit out of your, you know, throwing your mask off, taking your regulator, you need to be behind that person. Kind of Correct. If it, I mean, if it turns into a fight underwater, I mean, if the panic is that, you bad, better have the biggest that's shark. A bad. That's a you bad need, situation. Yes, it's a it real is. bad situation. It is, and it can kill two people quickly, very yeah. quickly. Yeah. So so, it, and it all is probably going to be based around how well you, as the yeah. calm diver handles the situation because you're either going to put out the flame or you're going to spill the gas out of the flame. <laughs> you're going to pull out the butane spray. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that James Bond and that snake. <laughs> I, mean, I, I had a situation, you know, uh, with my wife, you know, when we, mm-hmm. we get on uh, some of the deeper dives, you know, earlier in the season where, you know, she's trying to get, get herself back to, being comfortable in the water, right. and it's like I know the dive's well within her means. I mm-hmm. wouldn't put her in a situation like that, but you know, getting in the water, the cold water, early in the season, yeah. deeper wreck, hasn't can't see the bottom yet. You know, she gets down. It's a lot she, of apprehension. Yeah, right? she gets mm-hmm. a little nervous, and I've had numerous mm-hmm. times where you know I spend the first half of the dive right next to the line, you know, right at the mm-hmm. right at the bow of the boat mm-hmm. of just. Getting, getting them getting comfortable. Getting her calm yeah. down, getting mm-hmm. her relaxed, getting her breathing, getting mm-hmm. her buoyancy under control. Whereas I think what, what isn't highlighted here is what often happens with that other buddy is they're focused on the end goal of doing the dive. Yeah. Rather than having the dive team under control and having everybody have their shit taken care of. Right. And squared away. And that person just 
pushes the dive. Of, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's well, go. We said we were going to go take a picture of the of the yeah. of the prop. You're mission go, oriented. Go, we go. have to have that mission right. to be accomplished. And that's at all where costs. that's yeah. where the little bit of apprehension and nervousness is going to turn into the panic. Right. So having that foresight at the beginning of the dive, knowing that your buddy's not ready to push. Don't push it. Don't push it. Don't push it. And and along those lines, and a, a personal story, you know, we're talking about our wives or your wife and, and my wife, we went, we were in Key West, you know, we had that little catamaran, I shouldn't say little, it was a catamaran we're living on and we, uh, the captain took us out to a reef, you know, 30 foot reef. She hadn't been diving. She hasn't been diving in a while. I did a refresher with her in the pool. She was awesome. But we get out there and we had two, two, three footers kind of thing. Um, and I could tell she was nervous getting ready. We got in the water. She's not, she's not digging it. And I said, okay, we're done. And I think uh, I didn't have to say it more than once. Because normally she'll fight me with shit. But right. I'm like, we're done. I took gear off in the water so that she could get back up the ladder. She's already got a rum and coke. Oh, yeah. She stayed up there. And, uh, you know, I, I said, there's nothing down here that's worth any yeah, yeah, of this, right, number yeah. one. And I know it's only 30 and that's feet of water. The, that's and the, but that, we could have dealt with it. But yeah, but you, you can... That's where you, you stop. You the, can that, kill that, two people in 30 feet of yeah, water just as easy, easily as you right. can kill them in, you know... Well, she's going to kill me one way or another. Uh, if, I meant underwater. In the long run, but. I meant underwater because of panic. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean because of the the, the eyedropper of arsenic. She's <laughs> dropping into your food for, every day for six years. It's just, it's highly highly efficient, but it it takes some time. But um, yeah. The long story short is there's this kind of thing that that they're talking about can be prevented if you're paying attention. To the diver, getting ready. Notice the and just like you say, yeah, James, that's a good awareness. Notice the uh, the agitation. Notice the nervousness. Notice and everybody gets a little bit nervous, but you can really tell the difference of somebody who's not really into it. You know, needs to be talked into it, kind of. Thing. Yeah, no doubt about it. What about an, an extreme current? You ever been in an, in an extreme no. current? You're diving. What do you mean, site. like? Uh, Yes, I've been in extreme current. You're extreme, diving at a site known, extremely amount of times and highly extreme. Known for unpredictable tidal shifts. And suddenly you're swept away by a massive 16 knot current that's <laughs> pulling you out to sea. This is or you're you caught hear. in a powerful riptide that's sucking you away from shore. bitches! <laughs> so you, you should learn in your basic scuba class about if you rip get tides. caught in a riptide, mm-hmm. right? Uh, don't fight the current. Mm-hmm. Um, that most of the uh, issues come from trying to fight against say, that rip current everything, to the point of exhaustion. Every time, I've, the biggest success uh, trait, if that's the right thing, or the biggest thing you can do to be successful in current diving is you do not fight the current you are going to lose. Yeah. You have yeah to, and having good good streamlining and good technique is going to help. It's going to way help you. Right. But trying to... I mean, if you're in a current that that you cannot swim against, it's it's that strong. You're not going to beat it. Never. Just go with it, man. No, you got to go with it. Exactly. Get to the surface. Yeah, dives over. Like, okay, we're we're signal. I need help. Into yeah. Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it ain't gonna happen because that current's not gonna get tired. Your ass is about ten seconds from being exhausted and overbreathing that rag. If yeah. you're doing it underwater, that's where you're gonna overbreathe that rag. Especially if you're on air at 129 feet, pushing your limits, you're gonna be a dumbass and try to fight the current while you're trying to bring that that anchor up that you found. It's not going to work. Right. You're not going to have a good day. And then your computer's going to fail. You would assume the help position, waggle your hand, and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, you want to talk about survival. Here's one for you. I do. Getting lost. Underwater. I've been there. At night. I've been there. <laughs> and your light dies. I've been there. And you lost your dive buddy. Uh, I haven't... I have lost dive buddies, but... We don't want to know what you're doing on a night dive without a backup light. But suddenly, you're enveloped in darkness. You've lost your buddy, and you can barely tell which way is up. First off, they say to orient yourself. Feel the bubbles coming out of your regulator. Make sure you know which way is up. What do Japanese people have to do with this? <laughs> is orient... Uh, here's a question. No, no. We got, uh, we got way too much to do. It's <laughs> 10 after 9. <laughs> no, no, no. No. I was I, waiting I, for this I, line I, to come out. No, no we, I, I gotta get done. I gotta get to work. Make a three sixty degree turn and look for your buddy's light. Bang on your tank four times. <laughs> no more. The, the number of the count shall be four. The sound. No more. No less. Attention. Three is not enough. You can also shout into your regular. Five is too much. People respond to their names even when they can't seem to hear anything else. What? I can't tell if you're calling for me or someone else. Someone named Baru. Is there a Baru down here? Uh, are you seeing Brando or Mando? I can't I, I see Brando. I still can't tell. Is there a Mando down here? <laughs> if, if you spot your buddy, approach slowly. <laughs> there he is. Think, think about it. Think Maybe about, that's not him. Think about it. How would you respond to a mysterious silent sea creature? Grabbing you in the inky blackness of a night dive. Good point. If you don't spot your buddy in one minute, ascend. Look for him on the surface. You mean fall back on the old. I look for a couple minutes <laughs> and go to the and then go to the surface. Well, how many night dives have you been on where you didn't even bother turning your light on? Uh, a few. I yeah, mean, like there's, I, there's, it's not un- super unusual if it's not that dark. You know, right. whatever. I mean, there's, but there's ambient. There's. I mean, I, I have backup I, I, lights. I shudder to say there's always ambient light. Yeah. But there's light. Sometimes when you get down deep, though, if you're doing yeah. a deeper night dive. Sure, I, I'm with you. I'm not, with you. But uh, at the end of the day, also, I mean, when, if you are if you have a light and it goes out and your eyes have adjusted to having that light, and when it goes out, you are, because they've, they're, yes. they're con- constricted a little bit from the light, it takes a little while for them to adjust. And when yeah, I say no, a little while, it's a few minutes. Yeah, no doubt you know? about it. But... You, the biggest thing is you're on a night dive. You have a backup light. If you're going into a dive that is it's just dark right off the bat and you need lighting, you take backups of lighting, especially if it is, is something you that's kind of required. If you lose it, you're like, oh, I'm at a big disadvantage here. Right. So ra- rather than saying um, if you find yourself on a dive at night getting lost with mm-hmm. no light, no backup light, you and I could – Spend a lot of time talking about the value of being properly equipped for a night dive. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about that in classes. Proper equipment, yeah. But and think, you check but, it out. But I think the way we just did it was a lot more fun. It was a lot more fun because... <laughs> what about... <laughs> that scenario. What about losing your limb to a goddamn shark? <laughs> Besides that... You want to get crazy? Let's get crazy. <laughs> Let's go to the ridiculous. 
the the thing about losing your limb to a shark painful yes bad day yes cool story at the bar awesome. fuck yeah wait let, let's look look at this here you are you're, you're at the <laughs> bar you're trying to pick up this chick karen yes old karen is back trying to pick up karen you're telling her the story how you lost your dive buddy you didn't have a light your tank uh, imploded but but you made it up alive and here i come wheeling in <laughs> with a steel hook where his right hand used to be and i'm like i got lost a limb to a shark baby and like karen's just who's, gone who's going home with karen karen doesn't even know i live i don't even i even exist anymore yes yeah, so you're more likely to get mauled by a lion than bitten by a shark and yes, sharks need our help. Unless our you fear. live on the plains of Africa, and you true story. Well, unless yeah, unless you live in the ocean, I should say. But it, yeah. But now I had those completely reversed. But now that we've got your attention, it is possible to suffer severe injury underwater from a host of hazards, including marine life. Now what? Ignore the shark or other animal that's attached. Just ignore him. <laughs> I, I don't see you. I refuse to pay attention to the <laughs> creature ch- <laughs> chomping my leg off. <laughs> I don't oh, see you. what shark? What shark? <laughs> hey! Hey, what a shark! Body the leg! What shark? I'm what ignoring shark? it. I'm just ignoring it. I'm just I, ignoring it. If you ignore it, he'll go away. <laughs> what shark? Just, just ignore him. He'll go away. I don't see a shark. What shark? I would love to see a shark right now, but I don't see one. Just ignore him. <laughs> they mentioned that most most attacks are one bite hit and run affairs. You're obviously going to make uh, try to make a controlled emergency ascent, unless you're losing a lot of blood. Then make an out of air emergency ascent. Getting bit in the femoral artery and trying to pull off all three minutes of your safety stop is not a good combination. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb and say. <laughs> Yeah. No pun intended. Captain Obvious, yeah. (laughs) I go on a limb (laughs) and say (laughs) I get it. That's a little complex pun. That's not too bad. They mentioned that um, if you actually do lose a finger, a toe, or a limb and have it, keep Keep it cool, but don't put it on ice. Instead, seal it in a plastic bag first. That will preserve the limb for up to 18 hours. Enough time to get some medical attention. That's why I always carry a plastic bag in my left pocket. Always. A zip. A Ziploc bag, big enough to hold like one leg. One, a one it's a gallon, giant Ziploc a bag. One gallon Ziploc bag. It's, my leg is a little bit bigger than a gallon, my friend. It's a giant, like twenty-five gallon Ziploc baggie. Um, you can get them at Shark Bites R Us. <laughs> Save a dive kit contains two plastic bags in case you really get, you know. Really have a little tango buddy. with Mr. Jaws there. What about this one? Getting caught in a downdraft. That's a pretty... Uh, pretty. Of all the things we've heard, that's probably... It can happen. This is this is another one like Stay, extreme weather. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. During a wall dive, you suddenly find yourself hurtling downward at an accelerating pace. Caught in a downdraft that's overpowering you. Now what? Now, they mentioned that if you're near a wall or a very large wreck... To kick rapidly away from it. Downdrafts yes, are often are caused to the wall. when a horizontal current strikes a wall and deflects downward. Yes, I'd agree. I concur. 
a few kicks away should get you into some more stable water. And then slowly ascend. Don't yeah, freak yeah, out, Yeah, like man. you're not going to be out in just mid-open water and there's like a, a downward right, suction right. going from the surface to the bottom, right? If you can't kick out of the downdraft, inflate your BCD to slow the descent. But keep one hand on your purge valve so you can dump air as soon as you're out of that vertical current. You don't want to rock it upwards. No. Once you've escaped, and you certainly yeah. got to be careful of that. So, so you get out of the the current, and then you get you embolize or bend yourself up because you uh, you panicked and blew to the surface. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're on a wall dive, you you can grab, grab you a, can grab a rocky it. Outcrop. Yeah, you can grab it to stop yourself from moving downward. And grab that shark that's a hold of your leg, and uh, you know maybe he'll swim up. He doesn't like you know. The, uh, the, the crawling up Spider-Man move is a last resort because you'll probably slash yourself up pretty well trying to climb up that corally wall mm. to the surface in an attempt to save your ass. In an attempt to save your ass. A little bit different from getting caught in a downdraft. Number nine is getting trapped inside of a wreck. That is another realistic scenario should you, A, be untrained, you know, B, be a dumbass, and C, not have the proper equipment. If you're not specifically trained for wreck penetration, you shouldn't enter one in the first place. Getting tangled. It <laughs> doesn't in, seem to stop people. Does not. Getting tangled in an invisible monofilament line is one thing. Getting pinned by a ton of steel is another. You're inside and you're stuck. With now what shark do you do? stuck on your leg. <laughs> what if uh, all of these happen together? <laughs> What if <laughs> what if you got stuck inside of a wreck and you ran out of air, you didn't have a backup at night and you lost your dive light and, and your, your buddy and your buddy was panicking and your computer and it was extreme weather outside on the surface and you were and disoriented and you got attacked by That's the shark. It's a bad day. It's a bad day. You better get in the help position and waggle your hands. <laughs> Could they be called Jazz hands? What if could we call them jazz hands underwater? What if it was your hand was the limb that the shark? (laughs) God, it would even waggle a little bit better. Waggle the shark. Use the shark to waggle your hand. (laughs) It's called a shaggle. (laughs) (laughs) Determine where you're caught. Deploy your Ziploc plastic bags. Move each part of your body to figure out where the resistance is, but do it gently. If you've snagged a hose, you don't want to slice it on jagged metal. Or do you? <laughs> also, minimize movement so you don't stir up silt and reduce visibility. That's key that, right that's there, a good, That's a good tip right there, yeah. When visibility goes, you know, it's just like we have the wreath right inside the, the wreck here in the Great Lakes, the Regina. It's not, it's not 20 feet from the exit. Right. Uh, it was a scuba instructor, went in, ill-equipped, ill-trained, and was right there, right near the exit. But you know it was because it was freaking... Uh, the viz was destroyed, probably either yeah, due to guilt, yeah, yeah. ill, Ill technique, panic and, yep, yeah. or panic, yeah. and, or a combination of both. Yeah. I had a situation inside of a wreck where someone else was running the line, mm-hmm. and as they were reeling up the reel, there was enough like flippity yeah, flop, yeah. and it had looped around my SPG. Nice. So it kind of gave a little quick little half hitch. Around my <laughs> like you SPG, yeah. and I was like stuck, not moving. Like what? What the hell am I stuck on? Yeah, 
took a took a took a little bit to realize uh like boy in a, in a million years you could have never you, you could have never think. even tried if it, it, sitting there trying for an hour you couldn't have tried to loop a line around you might be gauge. right but accidentally i think it happens all the time it happens quite easily you know running the lines and and being involved with lines swimming with lines and confined spaces with where in a wreck is not like a cave in the sense that there's all kinds of wires and there's all a, a lot of shit hanging down and it's dangly and it's covered with silt because there's no flow really. correct correct and that's the difference in a cave a lot of everything's pretty clean for the most part in many of the caves not all of them um and usually you, you know you don't have wires hanging down yeah there's equipment two, hanging down two overhead environments but two completely different dynamics very good and you that's could have two two completely identical sister ships that are both shipwrecks. They are completely they different, different environments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way things, and you're upside down, and you're disoriented, and it's dark, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're running those lines in, inside of those wrecks, that gets a little, can get a little hair. Yeah, there's places, you know, running down a gangway or whatever. That's easy. That's an easy one. Going through the engine room with everything upside down and torn to shit, doors hanging. Uh, equipment hanging, gauges, dials, wires. Right. And pirates. Dead pirates <laughs> everywhere. Arr, <laughs> once you found the entanglement, use your knife to cut yourself free, matey. Aye. Provided you brought your cutting device. If it's only fishing line, hold it with one hand while you carefully cut it with the other. Get your buddy. If you're pinned to a physical object, it's time to be thankful you're diving with a buddy who can add a little muscle Signal that you've got a problem with a side-to-side motion of your light. Or dive with Arnold Schwarzenegger with lots of muscle, yeah. You crush you. Don't see your buddy. You can cover your light momentarily, and maybe you'll see your partners. Nothing? Try shouting into your regulator. Bang on, the, <laughs> on some metal. Four times. Bang four times. Four shall be the number of the count of the bang. Jeez! Oh, that's not him. Nope, that's not him either. <laughs> if you free yourself and you're still alone, exit the wreck and wait by the entry point. Unless you don't have gas. You might have to leave. If you've got one note, let's leave a note. Dear, dear John, I've decided to move on <laughs> with my life. After <laughs> careful consideration inside of this after, shipwreck with your dumb ass. <laughs> after I see where you keep leading me in this relationship, <laughs> I've decided to move on I've, out of the wreck into the surface. <laughs> this relationship I is hope, a wreck. <laughs> I hope you find what you're looking for inside there. Yes, getting trapped in a wreck, I would say. Even for trained people, I mean, it can happen. You can get disoriented. You can... Your line can get accidentally cut. Yeah, but I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're out diving a shipwreck, and you're going to do a, a penetration mm-hmm. dive on a shipwreck, you can do that properly and very safely. And oh have yeah, a yeah, very yeah. You can enjoyable the risk. time. Yeah, right. I think the issue is when somebody looks at like a, a torn up, tangled mess of no trained person in their right mind would ever try to swim through that because right. you know it's a it's a mess. It's a friggin' mess, and it's a it's a one way trip in. And this is you're gonna be able to see nothing coming out. You're gonna have to yeah. Like like who's gonna do that on a dive? Nobody. I guess maybe a little bit different if you're a 
crawl your way through looking for uh you know the the treasure okay mm-hmm. i i could see that but that's a different like vials of morphine <laughs> yes if only under the gold tonight under <laughs> the gold sounds like an idea for a movie but right but, but, but that is very similar to you know somebody who is doing such unique exploration in a cave like completely mm-hmm. looking to lay brand new line going through a crawling through a hole you know the the size of a milk crate box right that is so far on a different level of right. of diving right by the time you're at that level you should have a whole lot of experience and the correct training if you get on the dive boat at 8 a.m with the 12 other divers and you find yourself in this situation <laughs> of getting trapped inside the wreck you've got a lot of problems right psychologically training <laughs> training wise equipment wise where you're putting yourself in a position you should never have been right your outlook is completely in the wrong place all right number 10 the last one is getting bent without a nearby chamber can happen it can happen yeah, yeah bad situation eh Due to either poor judgment or bad luck, you're showing the classic <laughs> signs of decompression sickness after a dive. Do you think luck has anything to do with decompression sickness? I mean, luck may be, maybe it may well, have yeah, something to do with everything sure. in life, right? Yeah, you get a, you get some undeserved hit right. for, for right. whatever reason. Yeah, it, have, it, it can occur. You have to come up quick for whatever reason or another. You overbreathe your egg. You <laughs> got bit shark. by a shark. Shark is attached to your leg. <laughs> So you ignore it, but you can't ignore the bends. You you uh, swam away from a panicked buddy. Exactly. You were caught in a downdraft, inflated your BCD. And Whatever. your computer stopped working. Something happens. From pain in your joints to numbness, and you're a full day from the nearest recompression chamber. Later on, you figure out what went wrong, but now what? What do we do now? So they say... Don't make another dive, even if your symptoms are slight and you're not sure. But, but right, and that that was brought up. I, and again, I'm going off of 20 year old uh, knowledge here. Those tables, they did say, like, listen, you, this we would use them when you have nothing else. You, you're not a day away. You're just not getting to it. You're going to be dead. Right? Know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, don't make another dive unless it's to do. Something like that. I mean, if that's your only alternative, right. it may have to may be. be the, you know, the they mentioned next that seek medical attention and be prepared for an emergency evacuation. You just said we couldn't have medical attention. Contact Divers Alert Network, and they can help you find the nearest chamber. You just said the nearest. You knew where the nearest chamber was, and it wasn't for a day away. Well, okay, so here's something interesting. I, I'm surprised they don't say, don't go diving that day, and you won't get bent. Oh, yeah. you just said we went diving. Maybe, well, it doesn't matter. Maybe you should have played tennis instead. <laughs> Regret. <laughs> well, here's here's an interesting point of uh, discussion, right? So if you were doing a dive that yeah. you knew that you were in a very remote location, far, far away from safety. Or, right, tre- or treatment. Or treatment. Yeah. Right? Versus you're doing a dive... That's a five-minute boat ride from shore where there's a full hospital mm-hmm. with full recompression yeah. chamber right there. Or you're there. in a populated area yeah. with the medevac choppers, all, yeah. all the good stuff that you need. Would you, would you plan the dive differently as far as your yeah. decompression schedule? Yeah. Would, right, or or would, <laughs> you you, would you run the exact same 
response to what the computer's flashing you? Mm-hmm. Or would you have a some sort of a strategy in place where you can think through the decompression more than just following the computer again in that situation? Maybe dive conservatively. Maybe bring extra O2. Maybe... You know, do not push that limit. That's what I mean by dive conservatively. Add a big buffer. Yeah, Add right, extra right. Uh, 20 foot to the surface on 100% O2 time kind of thing. There's yeah. a number of things you yeah, can do that cleans you up a lot better. Yeah, you know, right? when you're doing a dive, you know, I've mentioned before that I did that Cocos boat mm-hmm. where you're 36 hours boat ride yeah. to get out to where you're going to go diving. You got to approach those dives differently than when you're in Key Largo. Right. Exactly. You're, you know, you're remote because you, you, you don't have treatment. Yeah, you screw yeah. up. I mean, it's a day and a half boat ride. It's a damn near a day for a helicopter to come mm-hmm. get you and get your ass back. Yeah. Right? It, it's a completely different ballgame. So you, you're you're not going to just, or I would say you shouldn't just jump in with the same assumption of your computer to send you down and send you back home. Mm-hmm. With a little kiss on the cheek. Right. <laughs> you know, everything's everything's fine again. Yeah. Don't push your limits, man. Not, it, it, I don't know. It comes to just evaluating this, the situation and planning the dive properly where you mitigate risk. All right. Well, hey, everybody. That's how you handle and survive diving catastrophes. What do you think of this one, Jamesy? I, uh, well, I, I think there's some good points in there if you found yourself in these situations. But I think a more an, reasonable an appendix, an yeah. appendix to the article is what we just did of hey, let's not put ourselves in a position. All of these or almost all of these. I and I by almost I mean like 95% of these are completely preventable extremely easily. In my opinion. Yeah, a lot of them. In are. my ridiculous opinion. Are. Or or maybe not completely that way, but there's more thought that goes outside of the typical plan that should be brought into the game so that you don't find yourself right if, in this extreme you, situation. Yeah, if you are going to attempt to do the types of dives that might present these types of results, um, yeah, plan for it. And, and it's a different it's a different it. game than the typical grab your gear, jump in the water, and do the dive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about all of these things. Yeah, like yeah, shark attack, fluke. Could it happen? Sure. It's a one in a million. Should we right. really be addressing it? Like, by addressing it, you give it this credence, like, well, this could happen to you. Well, monkeys could fly out of my butt. Probably not gonna. <laughs> I don't know if I want to spend a lot of time no. ignoring the monkeys flying out of my butt. I'm telling you. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> it could happen. Anyway, the. Some of so, them are a little ridiculous. In my humble opinion, I read that article and go, there's about three of these things that are realistically like, well, you could you could sure, be well-trained. Sure. You could have uh, so, a somewhat good semblance of awareness of your your equipment and who you where you are in the water, and something could happen. Yeah, but I, most I, of these are like complete to the, okay, you're a dumbass. You did dumbass things, and now dumbass consequences are – are happening right, and then and the other part of that is the these are so wild and out there. That's that what I mean by and, your and I get it. Yeah. yeah, so I, I get the, the 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 premise of the article, and it's interesting. It's fun reading. You gotta, I think you gotta it's fill more, up supposed to be more comic to me. That's supposed to be a comic article. Just the shark attack inordinate, 
right there. Ignore it. Well, ignore the shark. I think it's, that- it, well, what, what, what would make this good education is if there was a way to look at these of like likely possibilities and, and formulate yeah. uh, an active training regimen that looked at each one of these and this is how we prevented in the first place. Right. But some of them are so far out there that yeah, okay, it just ain't gonna happen. So hey, on that note, let's um, sign some logbooks. First, I want you to knock on your tank four times. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign your logbook four times. <laughs> no more, no less. Bring out the holy tank knocker. The number uh, of the knock shall be four. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> survived another one. <laughs> Get well soon. Hey, uh, all right, yeah, that's all I've got. I, I don't have Thank any uh, dive safe, folks. Check. Watch out for those catastrophes. Go find your safe spot and get in your millennial position. I'm kidding. I want to go home position. That's what it should be called.